Welcome to the Early Access Podcast, Episode 5. It's September 3rd, 2019, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. PSD here on Stealth Shampoo, twitch.tv slash Stealth Shampoo. You can check us out syndicating to Spotify and iTunes, and you can also check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Stealth Shampoo, discord.gg slash Stealth Shampoo. I'm your host, DJ Nikki, and this is the last Early Access Podcast until both Kuehler and I leave for Japan. I think I'm going to be in Japan for about 13 days, and Kuehler's going to be there uh, for a little bit less time, but there will be no shows during that time, although I'm sure I'll come back right after I come back from Japan uh, on the next show after that, which I'll probably tweet out or put in Discord, something like that. Now, you can find me at twitter.com slash shampoo on everything. Once I come back, uh, I will have been in both Beppu and Tokyo. Uh, Beppu is in the Kyushu uh, prefecture in Japan. It's the big southern part of the island. I'm going to be down there and also in Kyoto, uh, not Kyoto, excuse me, Tokyo. Uh, I wanted to visit Kyoto, but I actually am not going to end up doing that. I'm going to be in Tokyo, and then after that, directly afterwards, I have Oculus Connect 6, which is Facebook's big VR conference of the year. So I will have a lot to talk about from my travels around the world and from uh, my time out there at Oculus Connect 6 in San Jose. We're skipping TwitchCon, uh, thank God, because the last two times we've gone to TwitchCon... It has been absolutely miserable. Anyway, let's talk That's about another podcast. That that is literally an entire show on its own. The Twitch partner party DJ was literally just playing Spotify, didn't even have premium, and would mute it during the ads. No joke. What an idiot. All right. So speaking of idiots, uh, earlier this week someone jacked my mail, and I didn't. I was debating on whether or not I should talk about this on the podcast. Uh, and that, that's just my overinflated ego talking. Um, either the smartest person in the world is listening to my podcast and has figured out where I lived and then took my mail while no one was looking in order to steal a grand total of $40 of Pokemon cards. Uh, or they don't listen to the podcast, which is the much more likely scenario. But uh, this is it's really just an inconvenience on my part um, because now I have to go out and file reports with the police department and with the post office, they have their own branch of uh, investigating stolen mail. But it's literally a federal crime to steal people's mail. And you should always try to report stuff when it happens, um, if only to set up a rapport so that if something like this were to happen again, if one of my neighbor's houses uh, were to be targeted and get their mail stolen, then there's some kind of pattern of activity happening that the police can establish. So whether or not they catch the person, whether it be mail theft or uh, sexual harassment in the games industry, which a lot of people I've seen on, talking about on Twitter this week. Uh, definitely report when shit goes down because uh, people can either establish precedence that, oh, this person has done something before. And even though we didn't catch them doing it, we didn't have enough evidence. They did it again later. And now the previous case could be used as evidence. So had to report that. And this is honestly just a pain in the ass on my part. If you were to try to sell $40 of Pokemon cards, it's like GameStop. Uh, you would go to a card shop instead of GameStop, and they would pay you half, if that, of the price of the cards. This dude probably made 18 bucks if he was trying to sell my cards. Many of the cards honestly just costed 25 cents tops, and, uh, and, and in which case, if you were to try to sell it, you'd probably get 10 cents. And those are cards that I needed in my particular deck um, because I hadn't bought booster packs of that set. So really, uh, what is 25 cents to me is now an inconvenience in my gameplay. Uh, and all these cards were insured, so I am going to be getting all the money back. I do feel bad for the card shops that these were sent from 
Um, I'm sure they pay insurance, but this is a pain on them. And no card shop is huge. You know, malls are dying. Uh, Barnes and Nobles are closing down. Card shops are no different. Uh, physical card shops aren't making insane bank, which actually maybe some of them are. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, I feel bad for those guys. They, I'm sure, do pay insurance on, on these card shippings. But the way I found out was that uh, I tear all my letters. And this uh, I actually found out is a weird trait that I have. I tear all of my letters open from the top. And this thief tore through all my mail and tore all the letters on the side and discarded it on a street two or three blocks away. And so uh, I, I also went and looked in my online order history, noticed none of those cards have come to me. Uh, and so they were definitely stolen. Someone jacked them. If you're out there, just just don't do that, man. It's Pokemon cards. Steal something important. Like one of I literally had one thousand dollars of VR equipment shipped to my house. Like not only have you stolen not that much money and not made that much of a profit, but you've also inconvenienced me. Uh, stealing like a one thousand dollar VR package would have been much more profitable. Think think a little bigger when you go out and try to steal people's shit. So uh, that's my advice out to you. Uh, I am going to be installing security cameras and spending uh, an unusual amount of money getting that done before I leave for Japan. So I'm going to have to deal with that, uh, which is just another inconvenience before I have to go and pack and worry about a billion other things. But uh, that's that's something that I have to get taken care of before I go. And if you now are planning on stealing my $1,000 VR headsets that are shipped over, uh, you can't. Well, I mean, you can, but we're probably get you on camera this time around and speaking of pokemon cards we'll have some non-pokemon card related topics but a uh particular pokemon card that came out say so a an expansion pack came out it's called hidden fates it's a re-release of a bunch of cards that came out and one of the cards that was re-released was charizard everyone's favorite pokemon it's probably the second most popular pokemon in the entire franchise well uh, I recently spent 40 bucks on getting uh, Pokemon cards and opened it up with one of my friends. And it just so happened that we managed to pull out a shiny Charizard GX, which I saw a news article uh, earlier today from IGN. And there's many other articles reporting on this. We'll link this down in the description if you're on YouTube. Shiny Charizard Pokemon card. The exact one that I pulled, uh, the rate of pulling this card is about 1 in 400 packs. One in 400 packs, not one in 400 cards. I got three packs for $20. Shiny Charizard Pokemon card sells for over $10,000. And I have it. It sold for $10,100. It was appraised uh, by the company Beckett. I don't know much about card appraisal, but supposedly when, um, when you get a card that's super valuable... You can set it in for appraisal. Um, they verify if it's authentic, if it's legit. They give it an authentic seal that's respected amongst collectors. And they grade the condition of the card, whether it be uh, perfect, mint, near mint, uh, slightly used, super damaged, stuff like that. And, and when you look at like a mint card and a near mint card, there can be some very subtle differences. Like, oh, there's a fingerprint here, I guess. Or like this corner is slightly, slightly nicked, which you can see under a microscope. But if you get it in a perfect condition, then it'll be uh, then it'll be looking good and uh, able to sell for ten thousand dollars. So, uh, this guy sent in his shiny Charizard to Beckett. Uh, it got a black label rating, which I assume is the highest rating you can possibly get, and it sold for uh, ten thousand one hundred dollars on eBay. Forty four bidders on it. 
Other cards are selling. I see it as low as 350. I know one ungraded went for $4,000 on a bid. So I'm sitting on a, a decent amount. This is literally actually, now that I think about it, the Rob Nicky podcast. Because I'm ex- I've been talking a very long time about how I'm going to Japan. And how now I'm talking about how I have a $10,000 Pokemon card sitting in my closet. Uh, don't because I have people watching the house now. I, I'm glad. I'm actually kind of glad that this dude stole something so insignificant. Uh, I did. I got the $44 back. Um, and it's it's been a kick in the ass to me to up my security and make sure that my house is safe. Uh, because that's that's important and it's it's better that it happens to $44 worth of stuff to $10,000 where I don't expect to sell it for 10k um but man even a couple hundred bucks for a pokemon card that spent $20 to get is pretty damn cool so that's what's been going on with me this week uh and we have uh, a couple other things going on here guy gets pissed at getting over this popped up on my twitter feed i'm going to read this tweet word for word uh, someone tweeted uh, out at Bennett Foddy, the creator of Getting Over It with Bennett Foddy. And Getting Over It, for those of you who don't know, it is a game that went super viral last year. It's basically a game about climbing a mountain, uh, a hill of garbage, using only a hammer. You're a dude in a pot. The controls are super frustrating. Uh, if if you don't know Getting Over It, uh, Bennett Foddy also created Quop. That wacky game that we all played in high school where um, you're an Olympic runner and all your limbs move uh, independently. So he created Getting Over It, which uh, it took me, I think, about four hours to finish on my first playthrough. Some people took eight. So a lot of people actually just never ended up finishing the game. And it was purposely made to be a frustrating game with no checkpoints, no mercy, um, in order to teach people that you got to keep going on. It was more of like a philosophical game and a concept, which I absolutely loved. Uh, every time you fell because there were no checkpoints, you could fall super far, even back to the beginning after hours and hours of gameplay. And Bennett Foddy would read out uh, philosophy to you and motivation. Keep on going. It's really a game that represents life. Uh, if you get set back, you got to try again. And so uh, this dude on Twitter got super frustrated at the creator of the game and found him and, and tweeted this. There's no tweets before this. It just starts off with a tag for the creator of the game. Seriously? Being a 41-year-old man, I expected more from you. I don't know whether you were on meds or, uh, or not while creating Getting Over With. No rewards, nothing. At the end, people waste their time on this game. I mean, that's completely bullshit. Don't waste your talent, bro. My favorite part of this tweet... Uh, is he comes out with the being a 40-year-old man, I expected more from you. They, they come out with the dad angle, with the wisdom, the I'm disappointed in you angle. The game is made to frustrate you and tweeting at the game creator. I mean, I mean that is, that's one of the, I actually don't think Bennett Foddy made this game to frustrate people. I think he made it to teach people uh, that life is about continuing to try over and over. He tweeted back, thanks for your concern. Hope you're having a good day with a smiley face, which is just beautiful. Uh, of course, not giving the guy the satisfaction he wants with uh, the creator just yelling back at him. But that's what the game was about. And it's actually one of my favorite games of all time. Definitely, I- I'm going to go as far as to say top two. It is literally my phone wallpaper. I absolutely love it. Is this that guy game. in philosophy also? I think he is a philosophy teacher at New York He has some relation University. to it. Because I- I've mentioned that the whole game feels almost like, like a 
a video game version of the myth of Sisyphus and like the absurd that you try to find some meaning at the end of it only to get absolutely nothing and the fact that you are literally climbing a mountain like the mythology does. I don't know um, the myth of Sisyphus too well, but I think it's uh, absurdism. Philosophy. He pushes the story is he pushes a boulder like a circular boulder up a hill. Yeah. And then every time it gets to the top of the hill, it rolls back down. And eventually right. he finds happiness in just pushing that boulder up the yeah, hill well, over and the over. The mythology doesn't have anything to do with the pushing, with finding happiness. That's uh, Camus' interpretation of the thing. It's kind of saying that, like, despite the meaning, meaningless of trying to find meaning in life, we can ultimately find happiness um, by simply having that action in between. And, like, with various other parts that it's, it's harder to explain the whole philosophy, but... That's kind of, I, I always podcast. felt this game was kind of a representation of that. And being considering this man is a philosophy somewhat related professor or whatever, I can really understand the fact that every time you fall down, he says something and it feels almost insulting. But it's ultimately some kind of drilling into you that like this whole path is ultimately meaningless. And that's kind of the point. We struggle and fight and it's kind of no meaning to it, but that's okay. It's what, it's what it takes to get up there. I, I personally, from my experience of the game, I, I, I think I cried when I had finished the game. Like, in four hours, <laughs> uh, I, I think I finished it last year. Uh, like, I think it was Christmas Day I finished it. Uh, and it came out in, like, October or November. I didn't have too much time to play it. But I absolutely loved it. Uh, didn't frustrate me at all. When you come from the frustration of playing online multiplayer video games with your viewers, and then you go to a game that is literally made to frustrate you, like, you can't match that. You cannot match Dark Souls-level frustration with trying to play games with your viewers on Twitch. They are different tiers of frustrating. Getting over it can. It wasn't for me, but it can be frustrating. Playing online multiplayer video games with your viewers is another tier of hell um, that I will never be able to experience again. Because today, September 3rd, uh, I believe it was like a 5 or 6. Can you look it up, Keeler? Like, just go to Naughty Dog's Twitter. Yeah. I want to know the exact time of death. But today was the exact day that the Last of Us PS3 servers were shut down along with the servers for Uncharted 2 and 3. I don't remember if Uncharted 4 came out on PS3, but... It was um, 5 p.m. Pacific time. 5 p.m. Time of death. 5 p.m. Pacific time, September 3rd, 2019. The Last of Us PS3 server shut down. For those of you who don't follow me or haven't followed me for... God, how long has it been? Six, literally six years. Um, oh, what what day is it? It's October. Th- I think my Twitch, I think we are w- exactly one month away from my Twitch anniversary. I think I made my Twitch account on like October 3rd or something like that. It's early October. I have literally been streaming for six years is what I'm trying to get across. And I got partnered, I think it was like seven or eight months after I first started streaming, playing The Last of Us multiplayer on PS3. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when the Evolve servers went down, I, I was, it was a little solemn. You know, um, for those of you who don't know, Evolve is the game that, Evolve Stage 2 is the game that I played um, and that I was most well known for. The Last of Us is probably the second game I was most well known for. When, when the, the Evolve servers went down, it was, was kind of solemn. Uh, it, was, it was a little sad. It was like, thanks for the memories, buddy. We'll see you out. With The Last of Us PS3, I played that game. I played Evolve into the ground, but I played The Last of Us even more into the ground. Um, Every single day, I would literally stream 30 out of 31 days in a month 
and 29 out of those 30 days would be the last of us and the one day that i would play a different game i remember i played like a snowman puzzle game at one point um the view count would drop by 95 percent so the last of us ps3 servers went down today i mean i had i have had enough of that game for a lifetime plus it's still out on ps4 uh god help us all but having it closed down on ps3 it was the game that i got my twitch partnership off of it it was the game that i had first uh become known for but i had played enough of that game for a lifetime uh and and playing with viewers was always such a grab bag i think i've, I've talked about this before plenty of times but you would have some viewers just be absolute gods and incredible at the game and a pleasure to play with and speak with then you would get some people who were just absolute trash terrible uh but even worse is sometimes you would get people who are terrible and also just really socially awkward and not there. Uh, I always tried to make it clear that if you were playing on stream, you were playing as a performance. You were playing as part of a show. I actually saw a tweet earlier this week um, where someone said, hey, if I'm in a Discord call with you, have the courtesy to tell me you're streaming. I just talked to a guy in Discord for four hours, something like that, and I did not know he was streaming. And that's obviously just common courtesy, and that dude's just an idiot for not telling someone. Uh, Kuehler, of course, obviously knows that we're live on Twitch right now, 9 p.m. PST on Tuesdays with the Early Access Podcast. But uh, that that is something that that, that person wasn't told. And I was the opposite way. I, I would be like, hey, if you're going to be on stream, this is a show. All right, you don't have to necessarily be entertaining, funny, whatever, but you have to perform as far as the gameplay goes, uh, and and you just have to not be a weird, um, you know, socially awkward idiot. Uh, and, and sometimes I feel like I wasn't quick enough to kick people off of the show for the in- integrity of the live stream. Uh, I mean, I come from a broadcasting background, of course, so I, I might take my my production a little more seriously than other Twitch streamers just casually play with their friends and, you know, yell the N-word in a heated gamer moment. And that's absolutely fine. Aside from the heated gamer moment part. But, um, you know, I would always want to make sure that I was putting on some kind of gameplay that was more than if you were just watching a bunch of friends play a game together, that it was some kind of gameplay that couldn't be attained easily anywhere. Uh, And so The Last of Us PS3 was where I got partnered. I think I, October was when I was, uh, when I created my Twitch channel, it was definitely in October. And I think I got partnered in like June or July. So how many months is that? Uh, like nine, eight, nine, something like that. So it was a good journey. It was a good journey. The Last of Us uh, PS3, but I am, I've had enough of that game for a lifetime. So rest in peace. The server shut down today at uh, 5 p.m. Uh, and that is that. Kilo, do you have a World War One fact? I yeah, do. Take some water. All right. Head <clears throat> right. about the World War One fact. So I take some water. Today's fact. It's time for this again. Is a story. The story of Alvin York. He served in the American Army, and this is specifically a battle that happened towards the end of the war in at the end of twenty eight of nineteen eighteen. Um. So he, with seventeen others, infiltrated the German lines to take out a machine gun post. The point was to clear out this machine gun, so then when the big attack came, they wouldn't have to deal with it. Um, on the, during the infiltration, the machine gun fired. Six people were killed, three of them were injured. 
York, who managed to get into cover, returned fire. He took down the man on the machine gun and began to take down others around him. He actually kept shouting at the Germans at this time to stop fighting and firing at him because he was just slaughtering them and just picking them off uh, one by one throughout the trench. Um, oh, now, at this point, they didn't stop fighting. In fact, six Germans from a nearby trench got up and ran to a bayonet charge. York, unfortunately, had managed to fire all the shots in his Lee Enfield, so he had to reload and didn't have time. He pulled out his pistol and managed to shoot every single one of the Germans that were charging at him. Keep in mind that the Colt 1911 holds seven rounds, there were six Germans. He had one chance to miss and managed to still hit all of them. The German commander eventually uh, emptied his pistol, trying to kill York and missed every single shot. At this point, uh, the whole German army that was trying to kill this man surrendered, and York took back 132 prisoners back to American HQ. The commanders at the time, they asked him, it's like, York, did you just get an entire German army to surrender? He's like, no, 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 just 132. Just 132. So... Amazing aim, this man. Apparently, I, I wish I, I wish he was on my team in Call of Duty. You wish he was on your team, yeah. I mean, some, this was, some of you I, people. I don't complain. know the number he got, but I think he might have killed something like twenty-five people. He's a twenty-five dude. That's enough for a nuke. That is literally a Moab. Basically, got a nuke, except nukes wouldn't exist for like another twenty years. But you get the idea. He got a rain check, dude. I think that's yeah. one of the most well-known 20, World War years. One. That's the most well-known uh, World War One. Interesting fact, but what is, is this just adrenaline or was this guy like the greatest marksman of his time? I'm not, I don't, I didn't know too much about like the context of his life that would have given him this ability. Uh, I do think that I do remember that he wasn't exactly like panicking, nor was he super badass. You know, when you're on the battle, people kind of change as far as I know, but he was really like, I guess he had like hunting experience in the past, but for whatever reason, he was just a fantastic marksman. Uh, but especially the crazy story that, you know, he got his pistol, managed to get six people down in a seven-round gun, whereas the German commander fired his entire pistol, his entire Mauser, at York and missed every single shot. Like, the German commander's on my team. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying in <laughs> World War One, but like he's he's one of my he's one of my rando teammates that I got to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who he is, and so were all the other ones, especially the six people who did a charge at him and and all died. You know, from this one man. But yeah, it was one of the famous, famous people just because of how ridiculous it was that this kind of one guy managed to take 132 German prisoners, mostly because they just couldn't kill him. Don't know what it was. Don't know what it is, but... The same thing. He was reincarnated, if you believe in that, into a CSGO player. Um, or, Or he's like some kind of player where, you know, the whole team is like, dude five players on that team suck and we would beat them no matter what but that one guy is carrying their entire team we gotta focus him down i mean basically yeah and i mean the other people were mostly uncovered they couldn't really fire back it was a machine gun it was a machine gun and it was keeping them down very heavily but he managed to keep the calming he did mention that like he knew that uh he had to take that thing out quickly because he wasn't really in full cover so he's got to shoot them before he gets shot he's not like completely under in the trench or anything so so he wasn't went. even he wasn't even in an advantageous position. No, because they're they're infiltrating the German lines, not the other way around. So uh speaking of people, uh this guy is in an advantageous position. Shaq tweeted out shortly after we ended the last episode of the earlier uh, access podcast, this is August twenty eighth at three oh one PM, Shaq tweeted out at Shaq, the literal Shaq, 
Are you an animator or an artist? Visit shacktoons.com to download one of my stories and use it as the inspiration for an original cartoon that you draw to life. If selected, you'll be rewarded $500 and your animation will be shown on my new show, Shack Life. Good luck. I, I don't understand how anyone let this fly, including Shaq himself. As uh, someone who works in the entertainment industry or someone who um, works as a performer or, or any of these people, dance whether it be a dancer, an artist, an animator, uh, a professional gamer, we all want to be paid for our time, a professional host, anything like that. And to think $500 is worth an animator's time is absolutely ridiculous. And there are a lot of people in the comment section who brought this point up. Uh, before I did. So I did my journalistic due diligence and I went over to shacktoons.com. And uh, first off, the, the ending of his video where he asks you to make him uh, an animation for $500 ends with him saying, I'm going to make you famous, which is the equivalent of, hey, man, here's some exposure bucks. Uh, the thing that artists are always like, we, we're not going to give out free art because exposure doesn't pay the bills pay us for our work. And I believe that. I mean, if you're good at something, you got to get paid for it. And so 500 bucks is absolutely nothing. And so I actually headed over to Shacktoons. And animation, I went to school for multimedia, TV, and radio. Animation is probably one of my weakest points of any kind of multimedia. Uh, but I went on his website and I checked out the audio samples he left that he wanted people to animate. First off, you have to log into the freaking website uh, which I'm pretty sure they're just hoarding your info and selling it off uh, because I just entered a bunch of random crap and I managed to get through. There's no reason you should log in to have to be able to see audio files. Uh, but the audio files were there. I listened to one of them. And first off, the first 10 seconds of the audio file was just nothing. It was just radio silence. Uh, it was a bad sample. It literally sounded... I don't have like audiophile grade headphones sitting around and speakers and all that stuff. But even I can hear that he probably recorded this off of a cell phone or something like that. Like he clearly didn't have his microphone going through a preamp, although I don't either because I suck. Uh, but I do post production on my audio because I'm not an idiot. He didn't, he didn't have a preamp running through his microphone. So there's a lot of static noise for those of you who don't know what a preamp is basically. Um, there's a lot of white noise going through his microphone, which I get rid of in post for those of you listening on Spotify or iTunes. On YouTube, you might have to deal with it, um, but the audio wasn't compressed at all. You can clearly tell he couldn't tell a 30-second story in one take. It was probably like four or five takes. So he stitched all these together, and and one one particular clip was a lot louder than the others. Um, the, the cuts were very clear on where he, like, would stop the story and start the story up again. Uh, the audio wasn't compressed. It was, it was just a bad audio clip. So not only does he want someone to animate something for free, but he couldn't even take the time to give them a decent audio clip. Given I only listened to the top one, it wasn't even a good story. I'll sum up the whole story right here for you. Shaq is a big dude, and he says, I can't fit in a sports car. Real first world problem there, buddy. I can't fit in a sports car, so I would take two sports cars and chop them up so I could sit in a sports car big enough for me. I used to said something like that. It wasn't even a fun or interesting story. Uh, and so I looked up because someone in the Twitter comments was nice enough to leave uh, this calculator. It's a calculator for animations. How much does an animation cost to make? So I took the length of his voice clip minus the 10 seconds of uh, crap 
radio silence, 23 seconds. I chose uh, what I thought to be the cheapest medium. I don't know enough about animation. But let's say 2D animation, uh, vector-based rigged 2D. 23 seconds, and let's do it for television production quality. Uh, so 23 seconds of animation. Shaq is willing to pay $500 for if he liked it. That runs you $3,098. That is one-sixth, because I can do math, of the price that Shaq should be paying this animator. Uh, so I don't know how this multimillionaire thought it was a good idea to pay what what is to him pennies to an animator uh, for quality work. But that's absolutely ridiculous. I'm sure he knows about it now. I, I don't know how... I mean, maybe he's just so disconnected from the world and how much $500, how little $500 is that he thought this would be an acceptable amount of money to, to pay someone for animation quality work. Animation isn't janitorial work or like hard, you know, physical labor. Hey, I'll pay you $500 to mow my lawn. But $500 to mow my lawn would be a pretty good deal. I'd, I'd take $500 to mow a lawn my size. Standard suburban California lawn. $500... To, to do work that you probably went to college for or if not watched a ton of lynda.com courses for uh, that is an absolutely unacceptable amount of money to, to pay someone Kilo, is there anything else you want to talk about before we leave for Japan you mean in general or like yeah just in general know. like before I'm not sure. this happened had these uh before we head out, because I was running very late today, and I did not do a very good job on the run of show. There's a huge topic I want to tackle, um, probably on a, a later show about influencer marketing, but there's a little bit of Googling to go through on that one. That, that's a if long, yeah, that's that's a longer one. Yeah, I, I literally wrote one page of single-spaced 11-point font notes on that. Oh, so I'm not quite ready to pull that one out yet. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot for me to say on that particular pop, uh, topic, but... I've been going to Japan, uh, I've said it a billion times, starting on Sunday, uh, my so there's different strategies for going uh, out on literally 12, 13 hour flights. Uh, I'm leaving at super early in the morning, in the AM, and I'm going to go work for a full day right beforehand, so I'm tired and I fall asleep right before I get on the plane. Now here's the thing with me and planes, I have this superpower to where I can sense the food cart coming. <laughs> because 12, 13-hour flights, I'll serve you two meals as you travel across the Pacific. I mean, I need both those meals. I'm a big boy or I'm going to starve to death. Um, and waking those two wake-ups uh, are a good time to, like, stand up and take a piss and, like, stretch your legs. I've actually never used the lavatories on an airplane, ever. I, I always That's do surprising. it as I get off or as I get on. I, I've flown dozens of times. I don't know if I'm quite in the hundreds yet, but this is going to be my third trip from california to japan so of course count japan back or like when i went from japan to germany uh, or when i was flown out from the west coast of germany i have never had to use the bathroom on a plane uh and i i do my best to avoid it um i don't know how many like mile high club pass holders there are out in the world but i assume with a huge sample size with the with the size of the plane that Ron, that there's probably someone on there trying to earn their Mile High Club spot. So I'm just, I'm not a fan of using a airport plane. So I mean, call me a germaphobe. But uh, I, I'm also, 
I, I have at this point become an expert at going through uh, airlines, whether it be like flying for a short, like 40 minute flight from uh, California to LA, or just California to LA. What an idiot. San Francisco to LA, or whether it be uh, going across the continent. And we, we, really, this, we really need less of these like SF to LA ones. I wish we made that train. Yeah, so the, the high speed train. So much more comfortable if we could just sit down in more open train no tsa right just get on and it's almost not worth the time because of tsa now i'm an idiot and i don't have tsa pre-check but if you take into account tsa and driving to the airport getting like there you know two hours before your flight all that stuff the 45 minute flight to la you might as well just drive yeah at a certain point or to get a bus which i found they cost like 30 dollars at like a higher price oh the uh, greyhound buses yeah, and there's like other brands like Mega Bus and whatever bus like that also will take you down there, Bolt Bus or whatever. Like those those are cheap and they'll get you there too. They're not very comfortable, but neither are airplanes. So yeah, you know. I guess but they also afford- they also stop like they'll stop in like Fresno and you can go get food. That's not yeah, airline that's food. Nice. Like you you'll go get like an actual like Jack in the Box or something, and you can even save some with you. You know, and take it back on you. So it's perfectly okay. Forty-five minutes on an air uh, on an airplane is absolutely nothing. Thir- Thirteen hours going from California. To, I'm actually gonna. I always have a layover in Korea, in Seoul, and that uh-huh. that is rough. Like twelve hours to me. That's that's where it gets rough. I'll I'll never quite be able to do those easily. But this is the first time that I am flying since I got an Oculus Quest. That thing only has two and a half hours of battery, but I hope to God that no one is sitting near me and I can sit in the middle seat and play Beat Saber on the plane. That's like, ridiculous. That's that, absolutely ridiculous. That will be game-changing. You're going to hit the guy in front of you or something. and I, You're going to be like the annoying baby, except you're a grown adult playing VR. <laughs> play Beat Saber. Yeah. Hey, it, don't, don't, rock your, don't, um, don't recline your chair. You know, no, I'm not going to be that ridiculous. I'm probably just going to download like a bunch of movies or podcasts or something like that. Uh, I want to listen to the John Carmack interview that Joe Rogan did. And you know that the Early Access podcast is now a podcast because I just referenced Joe Rogan. Uh, a much bigger podcast on my podcast. So you I'll know, be back uh, in my day. Back in my day, he was just the Fear Factor guy. You know, I I did watch Fear Factor as a kid, and I felt like I, I could every- always I get past anything until it came to eating crazy shit. Yeah, and even then, it depended on the crazy shit. I feel like some crazy shit I could maybe try but some i'd be like nah nah but like all, all the dangerous scary things uh, it's like okay i've signed a waiver um uh-huh. there's the this the particular safety precautions have been put in place walking across a building like uh 30 stories high like what hey the stunts uh that's fine anything to do with bugs or eating shit was where i would tap out which would make me not a very good contestant because that's like half of them yeah yeah. Not a big Although, again, I've it still depends what it is. I've seen some where like they just make something disgusting but like make it in like a meal. And then I've seen others where you like gotta eat like bugs or something and that one's just nah. Nah, not the one that. that always stands out in my head was the one where they put spiders in donuts and like out of thirty donuts, two of them had jelly in them instead. But here's the thing, I fucking hate jelly donuts. <laughs> so like <laughs> there's no winning for me. That's not where I'd I rather- expected this to go. I'd obviously rather eat the jelly donut, but I don't like this. I don't know. It's unique to me. Um, 
I don't like biting into a donut and having like the jelly shoot into my mouth. Like that is gross to me. Also, again, I would rather have that than the On spiders. A small level, I hate it when there's like, let's say someone brings like donuts to work or something, and they grab one, and they think it's not a jelly donut, and then it turns out being a yep. jelly donut. Or like back in school, that. where they would do that, right? You like someone would bring donuts for like their birthday or something, and you'd be like, "Ooh, this looks like a good donut." You bite into it, and then you just like you, you get like a glazed donut, and you expect to like taste the sugar. But then you bite into it and all you get is jelly as a flavor. Oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta tell... This just reminded me of a story I haven't thought about in literally like right. 10 years. Maybe we'll close this with this one. Let's I gotta go. tell you a story about how donuts made me, like, racist. So, <laughs> this is, <all> right. <laughs> so in seventh grade, we were learning about, like, the uh, civil rights movement, Martin Luther King, all that stuff. And so what my teacher did is he bought glazed and chocolate donuts. And he said to the class, all right, guys, everyone pick your favorite donut. And uh, and I, I you know I, I picked a glazed donut because that's my shit. And as I was eating it, you know, I, you know my my teacher said, you know, so uh, what's the difference between donuts? They're both good, right? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, good. We're, we're eating donuts. We're seven. We're in seventh grade. Like we're just loving the sugar. And my teacher was like, yeah, well, you know, the glazed donuts are white and the chocolate donuts are black and they're both good. And that's a lesson to take from here today, uh, today, kids. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Glazed donuts are way better than chocolate ones. Fuck that. <laughs> And the chocolate so, uh, one feels like 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 hearted frosting. It feels like chocolate frosting, but like cold and in the refrigerator or something. The, it doesn't you know, taste the glaze, like chocolate. The glaze one, the glaze one is like a different one. You know, it's actually, it's also a little Have more you, subtle. Like it's still it's still yeah, pure that's what sugar. I liked about it. Don't get me wrong. Like it's still pure sugar, but the chocolate one often feels really really strong. Like that's that flavor sticks with you. Have you ever seen like a glazed donut get glazed? Like it's not very not. thick. It, it I have not. Yeah, it's it does, usually a it's, small layer. You don't just like clump. It's like imagine like sticking butter on a pancake. You just bam, you just slap the butter on there, and it's all that butter on there. No, they, the way they glaze is just a light layer of glaze over the donut, and and, and that's my stuff, man. So uh, like chocolate donuts, jelly. I mean chocolate donuts. I don't have so much against jelly yeah, donuts. No, I, mean, I don't I'll, like. I'll take them. I'll take them. But if I have yeah. a choice, you know, I'm gonna get one. Yeah. Glazed donuts are superior. So that was not a very good lesson for young Nikki. Uh, I, I didn't. I and I, I was like, yeah, like whatever. Black people, white people is fine. But but when you start comparing glazed donuts to chocolate donuts, that's where I draw the line. Anyway, uh, the donut eating challenge, though, on Fair Factor, that that is not that I'm not down for. It's just a lose lose. You get a jelly donut, or you yeah. get a spider donut. That's like, yeah, right. I mean, if there was clearly a chocolate donut in there, and they were like, there's no spiders in that chocolate donut, I'd be like. All right, I guess I got to eat a chocolate donut. That's why. Here's the uh, here's the other thing I want to say. Here's the adult version of what you just said. When you go to an office, uh, and I've been to like several game companies, right. the psychopaths that cut a donut in half and only take half of the donut. <laughs> so now here's the choice I'm left with: I have to eat one and a half donuts, which is too much, or no donut. Motherfucker, if you're going to eat a donut, eat the whole donut. It's not even that much. Half of it is a whole. Half of it is whole. All right? It's not that much to eat a whole donut. You're watching your calories on keto, whatever. If you're going to treat yourself, treat yourself. Eat the whole damn donut. Because at the end, someone's going to take home half of a donut. So I feel like I have to eat a whole donut and then half of a donut. Because if I eat half of a donut, I'm not satisfied. If I eat a whole donut, I'm good. But you left a whole donut and half of a donut. So I got to eat like a whole donut and a half a donut, and that's too much donut. 
Well, the good one is if you have two people that both got half of a donut, and then you're like left with two like different ones, you know. So then no, I'll end no, up with the, like half a glaze and then half a chocolate, and it's like, all right, well, this works, cool. I guess. Yeah, that's that works cool. fine. But when but people can't I, coordinate, and you see like two halves of a glazed donut, you're just like, guys, like, are you serious? <laughs> you, like, we had we've developed communication, English, uh, cellular devices, phones, the Oculus Quest. Yet you can't be like, hey, does anyone want the other half of my glazed donut? Idiots. Like you you're eating fried dough with like sprayed on sugar, you know? Like you might as well go all the way and just eat this the is, whole thing. This like is eating America. half of it is not somehow less worse than I mean it is technically less just by volume, but like you're still eating fried dough with sugar on it. I mean This is literally America. Like we have a problem really with obesity, cared, diabetes, uh sweet tea in the South. God, sweet tea is so tasty. Uh really really stay away from that stuff. You could afford to eat the other half of a donut. Like, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, we've covered some good stuff today. The death of the uh, Last of Us PS3 servers. How uh, I have a $10,000 Pokemon card. Guy getting pissed off at a game that's a year old. And donuts here on the Early Access Podcast. We're signing off. I will be back. Uh, let me look at what. I don't know when I'll be back. I'll, we'll probably honestly be back in October. Because oh, I'm going to be in a- Japan. Yeah, Oculus Connect. You have Japan so, and Oculus Connect, and then, yeah. So. Yeah, so, uh, here are all the Tuesdays coming up. September 10th, I'm in Japan. I'm in Beppu. September right. 17th, I'm in Tokyo. September 24th, I'm preparing for Oculus Connect. Maybe we'll be back on October 1st. Uh, keep up with the Early Access Podcast at Stealth Shampoo on Twitter. I actually, with the first five episodes of the show, I have not tweeted out the show. I have not told any of my friends about it. It is literally like a thing I put on on Discord, and I throw it up on... Uh, on YouTube, and that's about it. Ryan's saying have Kuehler solo it, and this is the first time I've ever read a Twitch comment on the podcast, but because I can. Uh, Kuehler is coming to Japan with me. I will. So, I, I am available next week, but I don't want to do that. You don't want to do so, the World War One podcast with Kuehler? I mean, I wouldn't mind talking about that, but I don't want to make it a podcast, you know? Because then that means that it's my podcast. And then that means I have a podcast, and I, I really don't want a podcast. That's a even dangerous if Even if it's temporary. Down. Yeah, even if it's temporary, I just don't want a podcast. I'll, like, stream and talk about that or whatever, but, like, not 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 exporting it to Spotify or whatever. Might be the third. I also will not be here, I think. It's either the 10th or the 7th, or the, sorry, not the 10th. The 15th, I think, or the 8th of October. I think it's the 15th. The Tuesday right. in October. I we'll will not be available there, but obviously this is your podcast. Maybe you could run it solo. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I, I actually haven't been promoting the podcast at all because I want some library of content and some semblance of my ability to actually like speak on a podcast despite all my public speaking experience before I actually start throwing it out. So I think when I get back from Japan, we'll actually start like promoting the they show. They do have audio in Japan. It's actually interesting. They do, they do have audio in Japan, uh, but I would really like... Dude, I want my vacation to be a vacation. I haven't taken a vacation in like 18 months since the last time I was in Japan. Every time I fly, it's work, work, uh, networking, project. Like, I'm always doing something. I want to take my first vacation in 18 months where I just go and I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to worry about if my business is going to burn down or streaming or having to write a show. Or hey, I just want to go to Japan, eat food that's not sushi... I know this sounds ridiculous. Go to arcades and, uh, you know, just generally be a, a tourist. Not not the typical American tourist where I'm rude and obnoxious and 
yell and ask for the manager, but you know, actually enjoy some part of the world that I don't get to encounter on a daily basis. I love traveling. All right. That's all we got on the Yeah, I'm not gonna Logan Paul. <laughs> I'm not gonna Logan Paul out in a out uh, hard stance. If you guys are wondering where I stand um on the Logan Paul situation, I'll die on the hill of probably not good to film in the suicide forest. Uh so I will be back yeah, in October. Take. Hot take. Uh hot sis takes here with Nikki from Still Shampoo. I've been your host, DJ Nikki. Thanks for watching the Early Access Podcast. You can find us on Spotify iTunes, and you can find DJ Nikki on social media at Stealth Shampoo on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube.com slash Stealth Shampoo is another place you can listen to the Early Access Podcast. We'll be back in October. Thank you for your support, and we will see you guys all in a month.